0: What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the fide Listen. I am your host, Kevin Garcia. Joining me as he does every week is Anil Singh. Anil, how are you doing, sir?
1: I'm absolutely well, my friend, and I am looking forward to another exciting show this week and uh, another riveting discussion, I'm sure, that we'll have on another topic um, with you as well. So, yeah, I can't wait for this show. And uh, what have we got on the cards today, Kevin?
0: Well, we're going to talk, as we do every week, we talk about wrestling news and the, the rumors and all that fun stuff that goes on, because as we know, yeah. the behind-the-scenes is the more interesting side of, of pro wrestling nowadays, so we're going to talk about the rumors, and then we also got a very exciting discussion about NXT, basically just talking about the good points and the low points of NXT and how far NXT has fallen since really 2019 when they started going head-to-head with AEW Dynamite. We're gonna discuss if it's might be better for AEW and NXT to be on separate nights. But enough of that. Let's get let's get into the rumors. So the first thing that I, that I, that I feel like we should talk about is Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier wants everybody everybody um everybody should know who he is by now. He's an MMA star, mega star. He wants to come into WWE and he wants to come in as a commentator. And I think that's smart. Daniel Cormier is a smart guy. He knows. I'm sure he wants to wrestle. But he knows if he comes in as a wrestler, he's gonna face a lot of that criticism that Ronda Rousey faced, and and other people who don't come from a wrestling background face. Where he's gonna come in, and he's people are gonna be like, I don't care if you're a mainstream star, I don't want you. So I think it's smart for Daniel Cormier to come in as com- as a commentator. What, what do you what do you have to say? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely a niche pos- uh, position there, Kevin. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people have to give the guy a chance because, as you said, I mean, look, with somebody like Ronda Rousey, we knew the fact that she was going to come in as a performer in-ring. And, you know, with somebody like a Cain Velasquez, obviously, you know, he was just there for that, you know, feud with Lesnar, which culminated at, you know, um, the Saudi Arabia show so with the news of Daniel Cormier coming in as a uh, announcer possibly you know as I said it's a niche position and you know it's something like say Wade Barrett who's come back um, on commentary at the moment for me you know Wade Barrett has got a voice for me that is very good for you know a realistic vibe to the products and I feel that Daniel Cormier with his background and all that other stuff will be similar in the sense that you know, I can picture him adding that element of, you know, legitimacy to the commentary and the announcing side. So, I, I, I'm quite happy with this, you know. I don't see why there would be a problem. I mean, people, you know, always want that sort of stuff in the wrestling products or fans, you know, at least I hope they do. And for me, I'm quite happy with this uh, decision if indeed he does arrive in the WWE.
0: Yeah, I love Daniel Cormier. I'd love to see him in on commentary. I'd love to hear him on commentary. And I think it would be the perfect in because it would be the perfect in for him because they, they can always do like an angle where somebody's getting beat up and then it's like Michael Cole's like, oh, Daniel, do something, you know, <laughs> preferably Brock Lesnar, <laughs> you know, preferably preferably as Brock Lesnar. Maybe Brock Lesnar goes over there and beats up Michael Cole again and then Daniel Cormier gets up from his seat and is like, you know what, Brock? Don't pick on Magwell over there, okay? F- pick on somebody your own size. And then Brock proceeds to beat up Michael Cole some more and Michael Cole misses TV for like six months. And we get a Daniel Cormier Brock Lesnar feud.
1: The dream. The dream. We can dream, Kevin. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I remember when... I still remember to this day when Brock F5, Michael Cole... uh, One of my favorite moments as a wrestling fan.
1: I think that was uh, an F5 out of his shoes as well on the uh, mania after Rollins cashed in. And to be fair, that night Michael Cole made one of the best calls of his career. Um, You know, Rollins... uh, Rollins, sorry, with the heist of the century. So to be fair... You know, uh, it was quite ironic that that that, that happened. But, yeah, look, I totally agree with you there. I think that, you know, there's um, definite potential, you know, down the line for something like that to to happen. And it's a more believable um, angle as well, you know, on commentary, him stepping up for, say, one of his, um, you know, Co commentators or even anybody who he thinks you know, is just being bullied by saying somebody like a brat Lesnar Obviously, I know we're talking quite far down the line, but in terms of him on commentary I'm all for it, and I think it would be a good move hundred percent.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so now We've got some we're talking about somebody coming into WWE Now we got to talk about somebody potentially coming out which is ricochet or on his way out of WWE I shouldn't say coming out but on his way out of WWE is ricochet Apparently if you believe what you see on the internet ricochet is set to be released his contract is up like i don't really know what's going on but ricochet shot down the rumors and that doesn't necessarily mean anything because ed shot down rumors when he was coming back to wwe and so on and so forth there are a few guys like ftr that came out and said look we want our release but ricochet has not done that but do do you think there's potential that we see ricochet out of wwe do you have you take any any sort of like uh any faith in these rumors for lack of a better term?
1: Bro, to be honest, I hope there is uh, legitimacy in these rumours because I can't see a future for Ricochet in the WWE. And I want to make clear that isn't due to Ricochet himself, or at least I don't think so. You know, I think WWE have really dealt this man a poor hand. I mean, to be fair, you know, I mean, I might be wrong. You might correct me here. I just can't remember him having a. A solid singles run and when i mean solid i would describe that as uh you know one without making him look weak with the 50 50 booking so in my opinion to be fair look with the way the roster is shaping up at the moment and the you know the future of who i can see being pushed and you know in the future going forward ricochet isn't one of those names to me that stands out like it's going to happen and this latest bullshit in terms of the hurt business storyline and him him being chumped out by cedric alexander has done him no favors you know i'm not saying cedric alexander is doing bad obviously not he's doing quite well in the Hurt business but i would maybe like to see uh, ricochet turn, maybe he does at some point but for me the way they've the way they've booked this guy over the last few months you know it's just very very lame you know they made him look like a right chump and if you go back to that match with lesnar in um saudi arabia as well i believe it was they made a you know the, the way you they booked that match you know it, it was it ever believable it was just kind of feeding him to the lions really so look if he was to start afresh from wwe i think that would be the best point for him at this stage of his career because they're not doing him any favors kevin
0: absolutely absolutely okay so we gotta we gotta move on as much as i love talking about ricochet he's just not that interesting bottom line we gotta talk about wwe 2k battlegrounds for a couple of reasons one because i don't know if you saw this but Tessa Blanchard was featured in the game
1: yep I heard about this
0: now it's, it doesn't it appears to be a mistake at this at this time that we're recording it appears to be a mistake that WWE that not WWE that 2k the people at 2k used that picture of her posing with the impact title or after she won the impact title they used that by mistake or just lack of lack of knowledge on the product because the photographer said that he's gonna seek legal action with with 2k and WWE and there is no actual character of her in the game. It's just that picture that's used. So a lot of people are thinking, okay, she's signing with WWE. That may not be the case. I don't really know what to make of this. Like, it feels like something that got overblown, as stories tend to get overblown on, on social media.
1: Yeah, this shit is fucking weird. And, you know, it doesn't really help uh, 2K in the, uh, you know, in, in their reputation as being some sort of fucking, I, I can't, I don't know what to say just the point is they're not good not very good at what they do and in terms of this picture now of uh, Tessa yeah, it's definitely strange I can't imagine as to you know why look if you make a mistake I can probably imagine a mistake like okay they've maybe used the wrong picture of a current superstar or something but to use the wrong picture of somebody who isn't even signed to the company or at least in our knowledge you know that is messed up I just don't understand where the you know where the logic is behind this and i just can't understand how you would make a mistake like this so for me it's quite strange you know um i don't think it means that she's necessarily signed with the company i think that's just fans in more hope than expectation but uh, yeah it's definitely interesting i have really no no theory on it i mean so, he, hoping so, you...
0: so here's here's my thoughts so I, <laughs> yeah. I, I did a stream of the game on friday night when it released at midnight and somebody commented, and was like, "Hey, is that Tessa Blanchard?" While I was streaming, I was like, "That even caught me off guard." I was like, "I don't think so." Like, why would Tessa Blanchard be in this game? So I, I looked into it, and this is what I think happened: the the people that are developing the game, someone just googled female wrestler posing, and they saw this person Tessa Blanchard, and they were just like, "Oh, that's a wrestler. She must work for WWE because there's no other <laughs> wrestling company that exists besides WWE." that that's my thought process that someone who has zero knowledge about the wrestling business was just like oh yeah this is a wwe wrestler guaranteed you know
1: that's better than what i can come up with there kevin to be fair it sounds pretty accurate you know some lazy fucking asshole uh working for <laughs> you know 2k probably coming up with this shit and it's like you know it just events <laughs> the fact that these guys are just fucking drunk mate you know i mean I know you and me need to drink every time, fucking. You know, Michael Cole mentions, you know, the, the USO and uh, Roman Reigns being cousins, but you know, for every other mistake in 2K coming out in the future, I think we're gonna have to play some sort of game where we take a shot every time and we'll be fucking pissed, bro, because the amount of mistakes these fuckers make, you know. Wow. So I don't I, know. It's unbelievable. I, I, I don't, I'm not
0: gonna. I'm not gonna dump on the game because the game is awesome. for For what I for what I was expecting, the game has blown my expectations completely out of the water. Like it, it, yeah. it is, it's honestly a fun game, and that's all. That like the bar has been set so low with previous WWE 2K games that all I wanted was something fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the game wise, look, I'm not going to judge the game. I've not played it, and I'm going to give it a go. But in terms of these developers, man, I mean, like you said, they've set the bar that low. They deserve all the criticism they get. To be fair,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then the other thing is, did did you see that Ronda Rousey has some choice <clears> words for <from throat> Becky Lynch?
1: No, uh, you're going to have to uh, update me on this, bro. I didn't know. I didn't notice anything like this happening.
0: Okay, so it's seeming like we're going to get a Ronda Rousey WWE return. She's hinted at it before, and it just picked up some more steam. She was streaming 2K Battlegrounds on her Facebook page, and she was, she was going through the, the list of wrestlers, reading off their bios, looking at their overalls, and she goes over Becky Lynch's name. And she sees that Becky Lynch has a 92 overall, which is the same overall that Ronda Rousey has. And she starts one of her typical Ronda Rousey rants, and she's like, oh, this is bullshit. How could WWE give Becky Lynch the same rating as me? Everyone, even Becky Lynch, knows that that I'm better than her. And then she's like, I I don't want a ginger box. I'm not even going to open her box. I don't want a ginger box. That's Seth Rollins' thing. Literally what she said. Ginger (laughs) box, Seth Rollins' thing. So, um, yeah, that got the internet going ablaze
1: because... you gotta love it bro you've gotta love it i mean you know fucking hell she's doing her job you know she is going down the route of building that heat and you know for for me i just fucking find this entertaining and that's all that i want so you know i mean i've got no issue with what she said there and it's uh yeah, I mean, that alone sounds to me better than last night's SmackDown, which I'm sure we'll get into later. But yeah, fucking know. Yeah, Entertains I, I would a more. love
0: a Ronda Rousey-Becky Lynch WrestleMania match if they, could, if they could make that happen. We know, obviously, Becky Lynch is pregnant, but if they could somehow make that happen at some point, maybe for SummerSlam next year, I don't know. I, I'd love to see it, and Ronda Rousey is poking the bear, and I'm sure we're going to see a Becky Lynch response. I would be shocked if we did not see a Becky Lynch response.
1: Oh yeah, I mean you can imagine Becky Lynch, look, pregnant or not, she is definitely not gonna, you know, just let Becky, uh, let Ronda, sorry, have this uh, moment there. She'll respond, and uh, in the future, of course, WWE, you know, we know how they love that long-term storytelling and uh, sarcasm for anybody that didn't know. But anyway, look, we know how they love that bullshit, you know. But the point is, look, if uh, Becky and Ronda do square up at Mania without Charlotte. You know, being that third uh, member, that third wheel, then yeah, I'd be all for that as well.
0: Absolutely, yeah. This this the game is just the WWE 2K Battlegrounds game has created such buzz, like the Tesla Blanchard thing for one, and now Ronda Rousey is back in her. Not day. to
1: mention, not to mention your confirmation. We discussed it yesterday, didn't we, Kevin? Where you know, if there was ever a doubt for you uh, guys out there that The Undertaker is uh, indeed retired, uh-huh. then I'm sure. <laughs> That confirmed it last night. Go on, Kevin. Tell us about what you saw last night.
0: So, uh, for those of you that haven't uh, haven't seen it, WWE 2K Battleground or WWE, yeah, WWE has posted commercials for WWE 2K Battlegrounds featuring superstars and legends alike. Mick Foley. Okay, no surprise there. Mick Foley does these things all the time. Alexa Bliss. She's one of the most popular stars in the world today. Not surprise there. But then they posted a commercial with the Undertaker where the undertaker out of character is sitting on his couch playing this game with his young daughter and Michelle McCool. And I and I'm reading and I'm watching this with like a tear in my eye because I know because I like in back of my mind I'm like this is it for the undertaker. He's not coming back after this. Like he's he's not going to expose himself to this level and then come back and wrestle again. It's over. That's it, man. We, we've seen we've seen the end.
1: <laughs> yeah, literally. I mean, uh, I think the only person left from that, you know, attitude era Heyday is, uh, I think it's Triple H. I'm going to say Barr on Kane and Big Show. I think they've quietly retired. And Triple H, of course, I think he's quietly retired as well. But obviously, you know, he's not, he's one of those guys who can probably put the boots back on at any point. But yeah, Undertaker's definitely the last of that realm. And for me, yeah, it's uh, definitely sunk in. I, I, I thought he retired after that documentary anyway. But your th- your point that you made last night was quite, um, quite true, in, in my opinion. And it really, um, looks like he has called it a day
0: yeah if you would have told me 10 years ago that the undertaker is going to be doing a commercial for <laughs> a, a for a video game a, out of character like he's going to be playing uh, like i think they were playing nintendo switch you're going to tell me that undertaker is going to be playing nintendo <laughs> on a wwe video game commercial i would have laughed so it, it was just so odd like like it was just it, it's just something that it it works because it's the undertaker and he's great but it's just something that was still odd to see <laughs>
1: No, oh, 100%. Like you said, if you had said that to uh, anybody 10 years ago with a brain, I think they'd fucking realize that this was uh, utter bullshit you'd be talking about. But look, we're in 2020, and you don't need me to say any more than that.
0: So we have other news on the Tessa Blanchard thing that I'm reading right now. This is live news. Tessa Blanchard, her image is going to be removed from the game. The photographer, his name is Basil Basile Muhammad, Ma- Muhammad. hopefully I didn't butcher his name, Basil Muhammad, he said that he spoke with 2K and he's getting everything cleared out. Um, Yeah, he said, credit your artists as well. And he said, I'm not going on your podcast. So I don't know what that means. But yeah.
1: Yeah, I have no fucking clue. And to be fair, it's probably something that I don't think many people now care about. The image is going to be removed. You know, fucking hell, the sky's blue, grass is green, let's move on, you know? (laughs) I don't think it really matters at this stage, but yeah, for those of you thinking that it means she signed with WWE, I think that's a little bit far-fetched.
0: Yeah, I know, but it was still weird, like, when I first seen, when somebody asked me when I was streaming if that was Tessa Blanchard, because I was like, because they have this Royal Rumble mode, and I was playing that, and like, in the Royal Rumble mode, it, it just throws random wrestlers in there, even if you haven't unlocked them like the AI yeah. would be random wrestler so I was thinking I wasn't really paying attention so I was thinking like like I went back and I was like wait did the Tessa Blanchard character does she have a character in the game but no she doesn't have a character so yeah it's just a picture um, I know something you want to talk about is Matt Riddle Matt Riddle yeah. had a vignette where he's like uh, I don't even know how you call it bro it's just a bro segment I don't. I really don't even know what to call it he's just like go ahead you, you take it
1: right so for those of you who don't know it looks like um wwe are turning this guy into what we kind of feared um would be the case now obviously look i know that that may seem a little bit of an exaggeration but put it this way seeing him in this kurt hawkins like segment on smackdown yesterday is not what I want to see them doing with Matt Riddle because to me it spells the signs early on that they look like they are, you know, already giving up on this guy and are just going to be turning him into some sort of fucking, you know, Cody Rhodes beauty tip bullshit with the segment every week about. I don't know, I don't even know what the fuck he was talking about. Is he talking about which fucking flip flop to buy next? I don't know. But the point is, is, you know, the, that feed the facts bullshit that Kurt Hawkins was doing a few years ago when everybody thought he's going to get some big fucking push. You know, um, and okay. at the end of the day, you know th- this now is being he's relegated to hooking segments on SmackDown about no, your bro. It's like yeah, I had bro, my television,
0: bro. That's
1: what it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I had my television on mute, right? But I can't say that that was necessarily a bad thing because you know when this te- when this appeared on my screen, I was like, I couldn't want to switch over to the Nuggets and Lakers fast enough because this was just fucking complete utter bullshit, you know, I don't know where they're going with this, but, as a Matt Riddle fan, I just kind of, you know what, it just wouldn't surprise me, I mean, next week, what are we going to see, we're going to see Michael Cole and Corey Graves wearing fucking flip flops at the announce table, saying, you know, your new, goodbye new bro flip flops, you know, I just, I don't know what they're going to do next, you know, nothing surprises me.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't even know, honestly, like, I'm watching this, and I'm just like, yeah, this guy is going to be sitting and catering. And, it's, and we're like, what, two months removed from him beating AJ Styles in his first match on SmackDown? So I'm just thinking, yeah, he's done. I don't want to say he's done, but he's he hasn't been on TV in a prominent role in a while. And he still has that lawsuit BS that's been following him around.
1: So, well, bro, people... Well, bro, no pun, in te- well, pun intended, I'll say. If people think that Keith Lee is done on Raw... And I've heard people say that, that's not my opinion, but people have said that with his you know, recent kind of tangles with Orton and McIntyre. If people think Keith Lee's done, then you have to definitely think Riddle's done because Keith Lee at least has a pay-per-view clean victory over Orton, whereas Matt Riddle, you know, he came in and I thought that first night in that match with AJ Styles, he beat him for the IC title. I thought that was fucking impressive. Let's see where we go from here. But ever since then, it's just felt flat. So... It's just fucking weird. I don't understand it.
0: Yeah, I don't even know. I don't know what to even say at this point. The Matt Riddle thing. The Matt Riddle thing is just like... Why why bring him up to SmackDown if you're not going to use him? That's the only that's the only problem I have with some of these NXT call-ups. And like Keith Lee, like you said, if you're not going to use Keith Lee, which they're definitely using Keith Lee more than Matt Riddle, I would say for now... But yep. if you're not gonna use Matt Riddle, just put a, send him back to NXT. NXT is already deprived of stars, and they're getting destroyed in the ratings. They got destroyed again this week. What well, they, they they lost by a full 200,000 viewers. It was I think it was 889 to 689, 689,000 to 889,000. 689,000 for NXT. That's just brutal. And NXT needs all the help they can get. So why why I don't? It just doesn't make sense. Why waste these guys on the main roster? Have them do nothing.
1: No, you know I couldn't agree more with that. But does that transition us next into our topic for the week, or have we got a few more news topics to discuss before that, Kevin?
0: Well, let's talk about the ratings first. The okay, the ratings war. I I think we should spend a second on this because I I think the ratings war is over. I, I think NXT. There's really no. There's no life for NXT. I don't really see a world where they can, without completely revamping the roster. But I can't see a world where they continue this formula where. They sign people, they bring them to NXT, and then they move them to Raw, and then they stay on Raw and SmackDown or whatever. I can't see that formula beating AEW. I, d- I just can't see it, because NXT, they're not g- these guys aren't g- given the time to grow now as performers. So I think it's better that NXT just moves to its own night, or AEW, but I know Vince would never do that, because NXT was on Wednesdays first, so yeah, so AEW kind of came in on Vince's property, but... I just don't see you and Vince being like, you know what, we lost, we're going to go to Tuesdays. So I, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen, but the war is definitely over.
1: So, I'd agree with that because, you know, no shit, we're going to be talking about the rise and fall of NXT. So we won't be doing that if, uh, you know, we didn't think that. But here's the thing, in terms of, before we get to that... um I don't know who it was, but there was somebody who said that the system is broken within WWE. There was somebody who said that recently. I think it was it on Talk is Jericho. Somebody who's now with AEW, but there was somebody, or unless it was. Um, you know the revival uh well they're not on the revival anymore but somebody said this recently that they said the system is broken within wwe and the way you've just described that with the fact that you know they have these people on nxt these you know these upcomers from um the indie scene sign and then with a few months time they're back on the main well they're on the main roster and that's it they're lost in the shuffle or ready next in line for catering you know this just doesn't seem to be working and in terms of nxt it just doesn't do them any favors and they've all, they've always been on the back foot in this race on a Wednesday night anyway. So for me, it was only a matter of time until uh, AEW won this miniature war that they had. So no surprise there.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's get to it. The rise and fall of NXT. Wow. This is something that like I think really, really needs to be really needs to be discussed because this NXT that we see now is not the same NXT that we saw in 2014. Hell, even 2013. Like, yeah, the NXT in 2013 wasn't at its prime that it was in 14, 15, 16, 17. But it's still better than what we see today. What we see today is basically like a, a recycled version of the, the main roster product. And it's just not good. Like, I watch NXT and I'm just bored. I really, I can't force myself to like it like like a lot of people do.
1: It tells you a lot, right, Kevin, when NXT has become joint worst with Raw. In my opinion, anyway, every week to watch in terms of the current wrestling world. You know, SmackDown is second behind AEW, and then you've got the joint bottom for me, which is now NXT and Raw. And that might seem like an exaggeration, but I really don't think it is because, to be fair, where NXT was and where I expect it to be, even without the fans, you know, AEW are proving, I know they've got a few fans backing now, but they've proven that you can have you know, a good wrestling show without fans. So the fans for me isn't the excuse here. But NXT's roster is definitely an issue. And the fact that they've become more WWE sort of, you know, programmed, that's another issue and you know there's been rumors that Vince has been more involved we had rumors like that in the last two or three months but that's we don't know that for certain but it definitely makes you feel like it has especially when we saw segments like Drake Maverick you know uh, no not Drake Maverick but Robert Stone puking up all in the ring and you know these sort of manisms. you know I'm watching this fucking shit and I'm thinking you know let me just watch WCW 2000 and you know what look I'm not saying for a minute that WCW 2000 is better than NXT. I'm not saying that. But when I see certain things, I'm thinking, what the fuck is the difference? A grown man puking in the ring is not what I want to see on NXT television, especially when you're going up against AEW.
0: Yeah, the, like, the main thing that I see about NXT, like we got to talk, talk about the rise first of NXT before we get into the bad things. Okay. So NXT really first kind of came on the map. When the when Bray Wyatt and the Shield came up to the main roster, I know that that doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's when I first heard about NXT because uh, you would read these articles on WWE.com dot com dot com and you hear Michael Cole screaming, "Oh, this guy, Seth Rollins is a former NXT champion!" Like you hear you hear Michael yeah. Cole screaming that every time for the first like three or four weeks when the Shield first came up. So I was like, "What is this NXT?" So I went back, tried to find some footage of it. And I ended up watching a few matches like Daniel Bryan and Chris Jericho. And that was the vibe of NXT for the longest time, was a place where there was good wrestling, with simple storytelling. It was just one wrestler versus another wrestler, and we're gonna see who's better. There was very little of this over the top entertainment stuff. And there was some good there was a lot of good entertainment too, like Finn Balor's demon character, Nakamura's entrance. Like there was there was the entertainment factor that you don't see in like a New Japan for for example. But it was kind of like every smart fan's dream was NXT. And casuals could get into it as well uh, if, you could, if you had the time or you could find it on the WWE Network. And then it went from that to like a, like a niche thing to like kind, almost mainstream. Not quite mainstream, but almost mainstream. Well, I, I guess you could say mainstream because they started selling out massive arenas. Like It started with, with the influx of talent when they brought in Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Finn Balor. Yeah. What do you remember of those times from NXT? Did you, were you watching NXT at that time when they brought in they kind of raided Ring of Honor in the indie scene and it really yeah. revamped the roster down there and was like we're going to we're going to have a show every week and we're going to start doing network specials. Like what do you remember about those times?
1: So, yeah, I mean, look, at that, that point, NXT was really picking up momentum as this serious brand in the WWE. And, you know, you knew that you had to take note of this and it was, you know, here to stay. But my earliest memories of NXT really were that, you know, game show environment with... the. Uh, titus O'Neill i mean i know he i know he fell fell under the ring at the greatest uh, royal rumble years ago but he fucking was falling all over the place mate before that in nxt you know in the game show version so you know we all seen it before there but the point is look when it comes down to you know nxt what the triple h version of nxt compared to the early bit was definitely like you said impressive you know they made all these sign ins and you know you knew this this was now here to be taken seriously and i did and at that point i thought to myself right this is going to be a proper development system but then i thought hold on is it really a development system cuz these guys are here to be taken seriously so yeah all started well and all looks like you know as i said it was a legitimate solid hour of Wrestling, good entertaining television. But then we saw what we did, and I'm sure you're going to get into that now.
0: Yeah, I I just, some things I remember, like I started really watching NXT heavy, like heavy, heavy in 2014. When, because I know Sami Zayn and Cesaro, they were having good matches, but I didn't really see all that stuff. I didn't really see the first takeover. I I watched, I want to say around the time of Fatal Four Way, when they were really at the height of the Sami Zayn story, where they were telling this underdog story and I I remember at that time thinking this is what NXT should be forever like guys like AJ Styles don't need to go to NXT guys like Samoa Joe Nakamura didn't need to go to NXT I'm thinking NXT should be like WWE's version of an indie where they have these smaller guys that really aren't designed for television for mainstream weekly television where they can kind of just showcase themselves and it does sell it does draw to an extent Like, the Sami Zayn feud was awesome. The Sami Zayn story, rather. The underdog story. And then from there, they moved on. You had Kevin Owens. And then you had NXT really started taking off when Finn Balor was the guy. And that's when I was thinking, like, maybe Finn Balor could be the guy. Like, I was kind of blinded by all the obvious negatives. Like, the fact that he looks like an underwear model. And the fact that he's smaller than everybody else. And is probably never going to be taken serious as as a top guy. But that was still such a fun time to be an nxt fan like just you never know what's gonna happen you're gonna have you're gonna have finn balor as a demon you're gonna have kevin owens being the actual prize like be actually being a prize fighter not just talking about it so ah, man that was just such a good time in nxt and then nakamura's reign as well like well what was what was your favorite run in nxt who like who was your favorite champion
1: um, <clears throat> am I right in saying that when Kevin Owens turned on Sami Zayn, that was part that was for the NXT Championship, wasn't it?
0: Correct.
1: Yeah, so I, it was it was that particular feud that stands out for me because I remember that attack on uh, Sami Zayn, uh, the power bomb on the um, ring apron, fucking brutal, mate. Brutal, mate. Seeing that, and you know, I, it, to me, then it was like I had I had a bit of a um, throwback to kind of you know what i grew up watching which is these storylines which were fucking personal and there was definitely some bad blood involved and the way you could definitely see that was coming across on television it did have triple h's fingerprints all over it so for me that was kind of the run the era that really like stood out to me and uh, really got me you know taking nxt seriously as a fan and uh, giving it legitimacy so you know that era was for me pinnacle and then in terms of like every takeover we'd get and uh, you know obviously being before our actual pay-per-view i'd be like thinking to myself you know what look at the difference between nxt's products and wwe's main roster and i was like you know what this is the main event of the weekend this is the stuff that if you miss you'll be kicking yourself oh, so on, i was like I'm
0: get there hold on hold on we're gonna get we're gonna get there. I got something else I want to. Oh, Jump to head,
1: bro. Yeah. Okay. Sorry <laughs> yeah, yeah, about
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. No. You're good. You're good. I want before we talk about that. I want to say also, NXT is like where the women's the women's what do they what do they call it? Revolution, evolution. Oh yeah.
1: The revolution. Uh, ev- is it evolution? No, revolution. I think yeah, they call the, it
0: the force-fed women's revolution. Like that really organically oh, that, happened
1: that's in NXT. Stephanie, yeah. That Stephanie McMahon takes the credit for, doesn't she?
0: Yeah. That that organically happened in NXT. A lot of people may not even know, but. Bailey and Sasha Banks actually feuded once before in NXT, and it was that what that did for women's wrestling probably did more for women's wrestling than anything else in the history. Not to discredit anything else that's happened, but that Bailey and Sasha feud, the Charlotte Flair's title reign, the fatal four-way matches with Becky Lynch and and all those women, what that what that time did for women's wrestling it can't be it cannot be understated. NXT and women, NXT. I think it's just a synonymous is I think most famous I'll say NXT's prim- heyday is most famous for its women's division.
1: Yeah. I mean that really did kickstart things did not it. I mean, you know, this women's movement that they had, uh definitely NXT was the pinnacle in terms of those in terms of those matches and then that uh Bayley and Sasha feud. I mean, who doesn't fucking talk about it, you know? I mean, what, the reason why we want to see them feud now is basically because we know how good they are when they feuded in, in NXT.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Like, when I think NXT, I don't think Nakamura, Adam Cole, Finn Balor. When I think NXT, I always think Sasha and Bailey and Charlotte and, and Becky. Every time. Yeah. Uh, so much talent from the women's division. Alexa Bliss has come from there. Like, just so much talent. But, yeah, so then the other point that you were getting to, because this is going to tie into the fall of NXT... There was a time... like This stands out to me, especially at TakeOver Dallas, before WrestleMania 32. You've got a WrestleMania with 100,000 people in, in Cowboy Stadium. But the night before is what really stole the show. Where you have the match of the weekend, Sami Zayn versus Nakamura. They have a match of a lifetime. Nakamura's introduction to the United States. Sami Zayn's swan song in NXT. It was a near-perfect five-star match, in my opinion. That was kind of like... At like that, it was consistent. It was like the takeover before SummerSlam was better than the actual SummerSlam, the takeover before Survivor Series, the takeover before Royal Rumble. The takeover always piggybacked on the, the big four pay per views, and takeover f- from 2016 to 18 was consistently better than the big shows. Um, yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, like I was touching on before, before I jumped, uh, jumped the gun a little bit. Yeah, you're right. It was the show of the weekend, so it was always like, look, we know NXT is going to be fucking off the charts. Will the main roster pay per view live up to that hype? And when you say that, you know that NXT is already taking shit to a different level. So that was when you knew, right? This product is now peaking. And it's just how long the peak will last. And, you know, there was, like, no end in sight. We could kind of just expect a great show every single time they put it on. And to be fair, look, TakeOvers, they've taken a bit of a dip naturally because of the no crowd. That, I will admit, that's no shit, I guess, as well. But, I mean, TakeOvers don't still, I don't don't think they've given us a a terrible takeover but they've definitely did but back in that era like you said around say wrestlemania 32 even before and after as well you couldn't you couldn't find a bad show at least in my opinion so yeah it was always like will they will the main roster pay-per-view match the uh, nxt show
0: yeah like like uh, nxt in a way was kind of what aew is now where it was like the it was every smarts delight where yeah. now people don't say a bad word about AEW. That was kind of like what it was back in like 2017, 18 where nobody nobody on the internet said a bad word about NXT and if you did you would you were like slaughtered by these NXT fans. <laughs> and now it's kind of that way with AEW and people quote unquote turned on NXT. But so but the, this is where now we get to the fall of NXT. In 2018, take over New Orleans, in my opinion the best takeover ever, my favorite takeover. Not just bias, but I think it really is the best. You had you start. I think it's show. in my it's in my
1: top three, though definitely.
0: For sure, one hundred percent. You start the show with that takeover North American Championship match. you got what four? Let me pull up the card. You start the show with that takeover North American Championship match. You know which one I'm talking about, where Adam Cole becomes the first North American champion. Unbelievable yep. match, right? One hundred percent. Was that 2018?
1: Um, I think maybe, maybe 2017. Yeah, it, was, it was 18. No. Yeah, it was oh, 18. 18, okay.
0: Okay, so you have... Yeah, you've got one, two, three, four. You got five matches on that card. I'm going to go through the card. Takeover... They, they start the show to take over ladder match. Or a North American title ladder match, sorry. Shayna Baszler, Ember Moon. Shayna wins the NXT Championship. The Undisputed Era versus The Authors of Pain, Pete Dunne, and Roderick Strong. I believe this is the one where Roderick Strong joined the Undisputed Era. That's right, yeah. Then you have a NXT Championship match that didn't main event the show. Very rare. Alistair Black defeated Andrade Cien Almas. Then the main event, unsanctioned match, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. Top to bottom, that is an absolutely stacked card.
1: That is like fucking a story being told in every single match.
0: You would agree that that is, that is a de- the definition of a stacked card, right?
1: 100 fucking percent bro absolutely you don't see ww pay-per-views producing shit like that in terms of like every like many stacked cards and at least stats cards with a story in every single you know match it really just stand out doesn't it five matches there or four matches
0: and here's where we are in 2020 takeover in your house they start the takeover with a six-woman tag team match medium, and Black Blackheart and Tegan Knox, facing Candice Array, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. We go from Adam Cole Ricochet, Velveteen Dream, uh, who's a bunch of other and three other top tier talents. Can't remember the names right now. We go from that unbelievable match of the year, North American title match, to that thrown together six women tag. That is where that is what that's the biggest problem with NXT has been the booking of the takeover cards the takeover cards recently they feel main roster-ish like this is just for the... you gotta have they they didn't need this match they have throw it on there then you have finn balor and damian priest they don't really need that if you if you take those two matches out of this takeover in your house then takeover in your house would be one of the best takeovers ever if you just have it with keith lee johnny gargano for the north american title adam culver's velveteen dream backlot brawl Carrying Cross vs. Tommaso Champa and Io Shirai versus Charlotte Rae Ripley. That is an unbelievable card. It's the need now for NXT to 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 try to compete with AEW by having longer shows like AEW has for no reason, just because they can and they think they. But they're sacrificing they're sacrificing quality for quantity, and that's really been the case with NXT. It's it's just too much now. it's, it's not it's not the same. It just feels like another Raw, another SmackDown.
1: Yeah, I mean look straight away the, the what you just said to me the biggest thing that sticks out is the is the, sorry the opening match. I mean, you know, the opening match as always for me is just as important as the main event. And you know, look at the difference mate. I mean, you had fucking, you know, the North American was it the North American Championship match to open the uh, New Orleans NXT, yeah. was that the one? Yeah. And then you've got this fucking six, six women tag match on the opening card of uh, the In Your House special. And it's like, yeah, it really does fucking shout out to, you know, WWE's main roster tactics, which is just put a match together for the sake of a match being there. And it's like, you know, we can get away with it more now because there's no crowd either. And uh, at that point, there wasn't a crowd. And, um, you know it uh, it doesn't matter it's just an opening match for the sake of it and look at the difference it is definitely more main rosterified you know we'll create a term there so the difference is fucking clear as, you know crystal clear
0: yeah then on top of that too it's not just the takeovers it's like the NXT episodes have been lackluster like the first NXT that competes with with Dynamite live you have Finn Balor confront Adam Cole effectively this is a big moment wrestling twitter goes crazy and then Finn we don't get a match with Finn and Adam Cole for a one-on-one title at a takeover. I think it happened on a random NXT. And then we end up getting uh, Finn turning heel, but not joining the Undisputed Era. So it's like, uh, like, why did this even happen? Like, why bring Finn back? Why make this big splash? Just to not not give us a takeover. Like that's a takeover match. Finn Balor versus Adam Cole. That is a takeover match. This is Finn Balor, Mr. NXT facing the new face of NXT. It's, it's, I don't understand it. Like printing money and they just dropped the ball.
1: Yeah, it it looks as if they just didn't know when to kind of press the start button or not because, you know, everything they were trying to do just seemed to be... A, uh, you know, a reflection of what AEW is doing, rather than concentrate on themselves, right? So it seems to me like AEW were kind of just focusing on what's the best we can do at that pop at that moment in time. But then NXT would just kind of stop, start, you know, like you said. So Finn Balor comes back, confronts Adam Cole, but then there's no kind of you know payoff building to that main takeover match at that point. So yeah, it's very stop start. Whereas I think the NXT of say two or three years ago, you know, we are going to build to that big match you know it's coming and then when you look forward to it and it actually comes on that pay-per-view you've got a stack card to boot and the, the difference the vibe was completely different and i just want to say as well this is not just a reflection of why they haven't got a live crowd making the difference on these shows isn't it kevin it's the overall product itself it's changed dramatically
0: no yeah nxt just doesn't feel special anymore like, like there's more just like you said at the uh, at the top it's just more childish humor like like robert stone and that whole feud with rhea ripley and the other girl i forgot her name alicia or something there's it's just it's just not the same bottom line like like nxt just feels skippable it it feels like i don't like it just doesn't have an identity anymore it's not the same nxt and I, i hate that cliche it's not the NXT we knew, but it, it's it really isn't. It really isn't the same NXT.
1: Yeah, and and the big danger is Kevin is that look, will it recover? I mean, I'm not going to completely say no to that question because, you know, I think that under Triple H, I'll give it a bit more of a chance than if Vince was completely 100% in control but at the same time i think the two hour slot has done no favors to NXT and on top of that yes the no crowd hasn't helped although that's not the whole of the issue but the fact is, is i'm i'm hoping it can change but you know as well as anybody kevin you know watching wrestling is for for as long as you've had once you go down on that decline it's very difficult to go back up again yeah
0: exactly and and they're competing with this AEW roster and show where this is it's almost kind of disrespectful what WWE is doing. It's WWE's third show, third on the priority list. And they're competing with a company that's putting all their marbles on Dynamite every Wednesday night. And they they're like, "Oh yeah, we're better." But in the reality, you're getting AEW's best shot. And meanwhile, WWE is giving them the third best shot. And it's like if you're not going to prioritize AEW, they're going to keep winning this war. If you're not going to not prioritize, but if you're not going to take them serious it just it, it's you know they're competing with segments like Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Meanwhile, you've got like you've got like uh, like Velveteen Dream just doing some creepy promo. Like that's the competition. It it just doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, it just feels like, um, or like like we've kind of touched on there. But to go to go into a specific, the roster just doesn't stack up well, doesn't it? You know that 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 matchup. If you will, isn't there with NXT? You know, um, it's just not. I mean, the, the, you can see it. I mean, the, what part of NXT, Kevin, would you say has slightly got the edge on a, on AEW, if any? The
0: the women's division. That's probably it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, yeah, you know, a couple of years ago, NXT had a much well-rounded roster, but now it seems like they're just missing so many different pieces to that jigsaw. It's just very frustrating.
0: Mm-hmm. It is. So, yeah, so is there anything else you want to you wanna close with before we get out of here?
1: Um. Well, I mean, on the NXT rise and fall, just very quickly, you know, it's uh, an unfortunate situation in terms of um, where it's ended up, but fingers crossed it can get back there, and I'll still hope for the best, but uh, expect the worst at this stage.
0: Yeah, yeah, NXT... NXT is just, uh, like I said, it's just skippable. It's just not something that I feel like I need to go out of the way to watch. Like, back when it was an hour and it was cool and it was like this edgy, best wrestling in the world. It, it just, uh, Yeah, it's still pretty good pure wrestling because AEW is kind of all over the place. But it's just they don't have the stars or the personality that... that like, you hardly ever see me switching from TNT to USA Network on, on Wednesday night. It, it's just you're not going to see that right now.
1: We'll put it this way, it's almost become a YouTube show when in the fact that I can wake up the following morning here in the UK and just go, right, let's see what happened on YouTube rather than watch the show live the previous night, you see? When he gets to that point, you know it's bad. Mm-hmm. All right,
0: man, well, this was a good conversation. Um, yeah, that's it, so we'll talk to you guys next week.
1: Yeah, take care. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week.